Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs. Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast. Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results. It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I know it's going to be a little shocking to hear me opening the show. You'll soon find out why. But first and foremost, I am so thrilled to have one of our regular co-hosts come back and join me today, Ali Kanal, who is the freshly minted new sales manager over at Tenfold HR. Ali, thanks so much for jumping in here and co-hosting with me. My absolute pleasure. I missed an opportunity due to certain circumstances, and I'm so happy to be part of the new year, 2023. It's going to be amazing. Yes. First off, yeah. You probably need to explain to the audience why they didn't get the bonjour, welcome <laughs> to the recruitment flex that Serge normally does. Bienvenue. Oh. <laughs> I know. He's so adorable. Serge is under the weather. We had planned to have the three of us on the show today, yeah. but it's just going to be us girls. It might not end well because we won't have a last word from Serge. We might just continue oh. talking. <laughs> Or the show may be a little more succinct because Serge isn't throwing in the could last be. word. Really could good be. point, Allie. Really good <laughs> point. I want you to tell me about your new role. What are you doing? Tenfold HR Solutions is a outsourced or fractional HR group that its headquarters are in Edmonton, Alberta, but we expand all over Canada. We do have the ability to go down into the States for some support. It's a team of around 25 people, and they've been referral partners for me and my previous company for years and years. And so we officially made it happen where we just combined our forces. And now I get to be the lovely person that gets to answer the call of, help, we need HR recruitment support. And I go, okay, what do you need? It's great. I love it because helping small and medium-sized businesses, it's my ethos. So this is perfect to be partnered with a team that's hitting a great trajectory. I'm excited. It's so needed in the market. Mm -hmm. The next question, what's going on with Go Resume Free? Gosh, it's been 
almost half a year since I've last been on the Recruitment Flex. The update with Resume Free is that our marketing team is working feverishly. We are potentially doing a rebrand and that's still in the works. If you don't want to talk to people and you just want to get the 411 or the information for just straight up who's the best hire through a spreadsheet, that's still operating for people. There's always a solution that I can provide to help people find the best candidates. Awesome. Ties in very nicely to some of the things I wanted us to just chat about here before we get into recruitment insights. My company, Higher Value, is hiring. I'm looking for sales admin. Okay. You're the expert, obviously. (laughs) So what's interesting is it's like the shoemaker's children, right? We are held to a higher standard because we are talent acquisition. (laughs) If I can't recruit the best people for myself, what confidence would any client have? So. Share with me, Ali, do you have like a favorite go-to question when you're hiring for your team? I'm hiring for my team. I tend to go into solve a problem for me. Typically what I would say would be, and this is just spitballing right now. So these are not the exact words that would come out of my mouth. Obviously I'm refining this a little bit, but I always like to ask them, tell me about a problem that you came across that you didn't know how to fix it. What did Mm -hmm. you do? Everybody's been in some sort of situation like that, but I'm looking for specific things. I'm looking for, did they immediately know how to action it? Did they seek out resources? What were those resources? Who were those resources? And then how succinctly did they wrap it all up? Did they know that there was a failure or a success at the end of it? And if it was a failure, what would they do differently? So I leave it open-ended for people. Good suggestions. You know, one of my favorites, and I think I've always asked it, is I want them to talk to me about what their most proud moment was. Absolutely. That's a great one. And then just let them talk. You and I both know if I was running point on something that I'm very proud that I accomplished, there isn't a single detail I won't remember. It's very insightful to get somebody talking and you can hear it in their voice. You can see it in their eyes. And it's the one moment where you went, okay, like this is cool, right? It's very telling what people feel is rewarding when they talk about why it was a proud moment, whether it was recognition or nobody knew that it was me that solved the problem and it didn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. I may need to talk to you offline. You know what? That's one of my hidden hidden treasures is to take one of those job descriptions that you masterfully created, I'm sure, and then rework it into questions, Mm. no more than 10 questions to get it into that succinct, let me find out as much as I can about this unique individual. You know what I did? I took the job description that I wrote and I put it in chat GPT and I asked chat GPT, what are the best interview questions against the job ad? And in under seven seconds, it gave me 12 interview questions that were directly relevant to the skills, experience, and attributes that I was looking for. Okay, then I've been officially (laughs) replaced by AI. That's amazing. I'm not even upset. There's some tweaking, right? Because some of it doesn't sound natural, but... um, You mean it sounds robotic? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, no, it sounds cheesy. Uh, But it is to the heart of asking questions directly reflective of what you're asking 
for in a job description? What are the duties? Why do you need these skills, right? Share it out and let's spread the word for higher value. Let's go listeners. We need to make sure Ellie has more support. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I have some exciting news. There was some teasers coming out on last week's show. All they posted was map coordinates, right? Coordinates? Coordinates. Okay. So RecFest which is the world's largest outdoor conference festival for talent acquisition, always held in either the UK or Australia. They're bringing it to North America. September 13th and 14th is going to be RecFest North America, and it's going to be held in Nashville. And it's always outdoors. Right. It Amazing. Is truly a festival type of atmosphere. When this recording goes live, the wait list will be live there. I just took a peek at it online and it says yes. join the waiting list. So Nashville, here we come. September yes. 13th and 14th. <laughs> so Allie, awesome. I hear yes. you've got our recruiting tip of the week. Your turn. You go. My turn. I wanted to focus on what everybody else has been focusing on this week. There's been a lot of layoffs from some of the very large tech firms. You know, there's devastation for people that aren't even affected by that because they think doom and gloom. And so I want to take my recruiter's hat and flip it around to show the candidate perspective of this. Imagine that you've got somebody that's worked 10 years at one of the big ones like Google and they're dismissed. We need to be respective of the time that they may need and the space that they may need to grieve because losing a job is something that we often forget. We still have to go through that process and imagine being part of one of the largest layoffs of your company or hopefully they don't do any more big ones, but Mm -hmm. this kind of grieving process goes unnoticed a lot of times and people don't understand why they're in a funk as wonderful as it would be to snap up talent that's been just recently let go from some of these corporations, we should be mindful of how we reach out to them and say, hey, we'd love to have a conversation with you. When you're ready, let us know so that there's no pressure for them to engage like they might lose an opportunity just so that they can have that time to even process it. There's still people, (laughs) the online Twitterverse is still processing all the layoffs. I can only imagine what's happening out in the real world. What are your thoughts? That's a great reminder, Allie, because we're so removed. It's just headlines to us. And I love that you're bringing us back to, you know, the human side of what we do. Because I think the day that we lose sight of that, we probably should find a job in another business. Because if you're in talent acquisition recruitment, we touch the lives of people and it has a direct effect on their ability to provide, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It really does. Great reminder because not only the income piece, like if companies are at least decent about it, you've got some sort of severance so that you have the time to gather yourself and make decisions about when and what you want to do next. But I think further than that, when I think about some of the people I worked with, I spent more time with them than I did my own kids. Now that is severed. And those left behind, they're feeling guilty. They may not reach out. These are people that I ate meals with every day. These were my friends. And now you're isolated. You're either group that stayed or the group that left. That's the grief for me anyways, is grieving the loss of those friendships. And those left behind often don't get the encouragement to reach out to you because they feel bad. That or even they're deterred. So yeah. that's that is a really good reminder. Thank My you. My pleasure. God. So let's jump into 
our recruiting insights. Okay, let's start here at home. There is a company here in Canada who is offering their staff $3,000 to work from anywhere in the world for a month. Now, that's a perk. That's a perk. According to this article, the company is called Media Profile, and they provide an employee $3,000 to help cover travel expenses and accommodations, and you could work from anywhere in the world for a month. That's very unique, but immediately I go to, okay, 3000 to go away. What what happens if I want to come back? What if it's not a good idea for me to be out there? Are they going to pay three grand for me to come back? Well, to work from anywhere in the world, I think, especially in context, they're a PR agency. Okay. Yeah. What you're buying with a PR agency, obviously, is brain power. And yes. if you're in a different setting, I know for me, when I've traveled, I come back and I feel braver. Just the change of being in a different environment. Yeah. Those have always been the years where I did best in my job is when I traveled somewhere and been somewhere. So I think they could really be onto something. We talked at the end of the year about what it is companies need to do that don't always end up in increasing your salary. Right. What are those perks that they offer? Exactly. What's extra special? Yeah. And that's what I loved about this article was. Okay, I've never heard of a company doing this before. They say salary increases are forever. Little merit bonuses, they come and go as they That's please, right. right. But a perk like this, would you so, go, Allie? What do you think? I hope my family is not listening, but I would go solo if I could. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> or, you know, just with my partner for a month, that would be glorious. Yeah. If I had this opportunity, I don't know. There's things like this that kind of get the neck hairs standing up. You know what I mean? Mm. Why are they offering this? What's the purpose behind it? Is it so that I don't use my vacation time? Or is it so that I don't have to unplug from work, so to speak, when I'm in like said exotic locale? That kind of plays across for me. Mm-hmm. This kind of perk, I think, is huge. And then I look at the company, I'm like, oh, it's a PR company, public relations. Is this a PR stunt? Are they trying to gain <laughs> well, are they trying to gain followers? Do you know what? It hit the newswire. Absolutely. Right? I it's mean, working. it's like what I was saying, the shoemaker's children. If you can't apply <laughs> the best PR to yourself, then what are you doing in the PR business? So um, true. So true. You know, they did in this article quote that employees that did take them up on it okay. felt that they had unlimited creativity. And they started talking about how they could bring not just themselves, but people on their team, colleagues. And the only caveat was that you had to be in the same time zone. So imagine your whole team went to Venezuela for a month. I was trying to think about that opportunity because you know how you were just talking about the friendships and the collaboration that happened when you were at work. Same kind of thing, especially in a creative company in that space, you need to be bouncing ideas off of people and having that connection. Pretty brilliant, I think. Yeah. Obviously there's pockets to be able to afford this. So I wouldn't say that this is something that if you feel like your employee culture is struggling, that you need to implement this. If you've got a team of 20 and all 20 of them say, let's go to Venezuela, then yeah. Unless of course their trip to Venezuela resulted in a level of creativity and thinking that would take your company to the next level. Absolutely. I think it's pretty brilliant. Maybe this could actually replace those conferences, those mindfulness conferences or the work retreats. Just give me the money so I can go do my own thing. So I've got another article I wanted to run past you. 
Sure. When we talk about as talent acquisition as recruiters, do we just bring them to the door, open the door for them, and now the onboarding process belongs to somebody else? In bigger companies, that's usually the way it works, right? So this study of 150 companies and nearly 200,000 candidates found that 34% of candidates were left hanging. That is, you were interviewed, thought you had the job, but they were left hanging for one or as much as two months before you even knew what would happen. That's astonishing. Yeah, that was in 2022, a 48% increase over the year before. But what we saw in 2022 was this incredible lag in communication to job seekers before they began the onboarding process. It's very curious to me because looking at the lens that I have on our local ecosystem, it didn't seem to have that kind of issue because we had people that were ready to go and we were hustling for those workers to be in those spots, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if this is a residual effect of 2020, were the uncertainty, could we actually bring somebody on into this position or not? Two months of waiting time? First of all, why are you still waiting for for a notification? And number two, like that is just abysmal communication. Even if you're the recruiter, you should still be like, hey, there's no movement. I'll let you know the next steps when I've got something. And no next steps is technically next steps. Yeah. It's no wonder that in 2023, people will be applying for multiple jobs at the same time. Absolutely. They'll be interviewing multiple companies at the same time. If it's taking you that long to even get back to individuals or your hiring process takes two months, that is why you have no shows. Now I have a theory Okay. on what might be the cause of this onboarding stumble. If we've done the recruiting And we're Uh good recruiters because you inspired this, Allie, because you said good recruiters will want answers and good recruiters will come back to people and say, I'm just calling to say, I got nothing to say, but we've not forgot about you. And we've had some internal, whatever, whatever the reason (laughs) is, but a good recruiter, we don't let go of your hand until you are in the door. However, if you think about what was happening in early 2022, There were something like 15,000 open jobs for recruiters in Canada alone. That's right. So who got hired? Were they actually recruiters? People that don't know how to do this. People who don't know how to recruit. And on top of that, these would be people who are being trained by people who don't do this for a living, who are not dedicated to talent acquisition. So you've got HR people who've got a million other things on their plate. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of HR people, I think, really burnt out. You were just expected to do everything and go to Costco and pick up extra creamer and sugar. <laughs> and watch everybody room. on your team fall through exactly. the cracks. And Exactly. Oh, so you can do their job? No. That's really part of what we saw manifest itself later in the year. That is probably on point. And oh my gosh. First of all, I am a recruiter first and an HR person second. I have been through talent acquisition and that's my love. This is my passion in life is to help people hire, 
into organizations and create strategy around that. But from an HR perspective as well, I know that once they're in the door, every moment after that needs to be at the same level and same quality as the moment that I've given them. There's people that I won't recruit with because I know that as soon as I let them go into the organization, they're not up to my standards after onboarding. There's people that I've stopped working with because of that. From the recruiter perspective, you're absolutely right. When there was all those vacancies and they had to put people that aren't professionally trained to do what we do. And it's a lot harder than people think. It's not just calling up people and interviewing. That's a load of baloney. When it comes to the onboarding portion, I personally want to see the warm handoff. Maybe I will walk them through the door, making sure I place their hand in the hand of an employee that works with that company and not just at the door where you're like, ring the doorbell and run away kind of thing. (laughs) Depending on what kind of contract you've signed with them, if you're doing sourcing, maybe you get paid after that first day. So you really want to make sure that they show up for the first day. And there's a lot of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Using technology, there are applicant tracking systems where you can actually trigger and schedule things like sending out a welcome note, then yeah. sending out a introduction, meet the team, and it's all automated. Every touch point matters. The best response I got from people when I was bringing somebody new onto the team, we would take a picture of the team sitting in their cubicle and they can see that we put their nameplate on there. It's little things that don't cost much. What would it take to text them a photo of, hey, we're looking forward to you joining us? Always the little things. Even, you know, hey, we've scheduled a lunch for you with some of your colleagues on the first day. Don't bring lunch. (laughs) Like, where do you park? (laughs) Come in the the front door. The office opens at 830, but the door is locked until 829. So you might want to knock on the window when you get there or something. Yeah, All of those little pieces of onboarding start from that welcome aboard email that just lays it all out. Have you ever used Bamboo HR? Yes. Love it. Their onboarding module. Mm -hmm. Exactly what it is. Serge is famous for his little trick. He would phone an applicant and say, hey, know you're coming in the next day or two. This could be done over email or text, but asking them what route they will likely drive because you now are visualizing yourself getting there on the first day. I think it's an old sales trick. If you can get the customer to visualize being there, then they're manifesting it almost. His like no show or job abandonment on day one was zero. What does it cost you? Nothing. 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 What do you gain from it? All the things. (laughs) So you've eliminated that huge issue of no show rates. Exactly. Which was a big problem in 2022. So there you go. Serge got the last word on that. (laughs) Our next recruitment insight is another Canadian piece of news. Okay. Some firms, I don't think this is all that new, but offering unlimited time off for employees. What's interesting about this article, though, is they were comparing American culture to Canadian culture because companies like Indeed, their employees have unlimited vacation. Do they actually take it? And Probably not. <laughs> Canadians do. Americans, not so much. I mean, the article was interesting because it compared Americans and Canadians. I don't want to stereotype, but there is a little bit of hustle culture that's baked into. Yeah. Not that's a bad thing because I'll certainly tell you I didn't get where I am today by 
going at things part-time or half-assed, but I thought it was super interesting to compare the two cultures. I want to get your take on this, Allie. Do you think people actually use all of their vacation? 100% they don't. What's the point of offering unlimited then, do you think? I think it's the allure of being able to take time off whenever you want. But if you don't have that ability or the requirement to schedule that time, then you're not going to plan anything. Because if you've got unlimited, you go, oh, it's fine. I can just take unlimited whenever I want. But then a project comes up and then a deadline comes up. And then, you know, another thing steps in front of when you're going to take it. The lack of planning gets in the way, I think. When you don't have a definitive answer, then people just tend to stay away from it. There's been studies on this done where they've seen that people actually reduce the amount of days that they take for vacation when they have unlimited balance versus when they have a limited balance. And are we going to be seeing unlimited paid time off as well, paid days off for doctor's appointments, kids' field trips, anything else like that, because that's going above and beyond. Vacation is one of those things that is mandatory, but paid time off is not. They're quoting a professor from right here in Calgary, Mount Royal University, who felt that it is going to be problematic, Mm -hmm. mostly because the onus is on the employee versus here is your entitlement and note that word, you are entitled to three weeks of vacation is very different than saying you have unlimited vacation, because now it's on me to go to my leader and say, I'd like to take six weeks off. How will your leader interpret that? Six weeks? Like, how could you ever do it? Like, (laughs) It's tax season. We need you accounting staff. Yeah. yeah, There's some industries where absolutely there's blackout times or whatever. A vacation day are days that you have earned. You are paid for those days. Yes. There's lots of question marks around this because if you are getting vacation pay on each paycheck, don't work, don't get paid. Or are we talking about unlimited vacation? I can go for six weeks and my paycheck still looks the same. There's a big difference. So from the legal standpoint, if you have two weeks, it's 6%. If you've got three weeks, it's 10%. If you've got four weeks, the percentage increases. I question how they'd actually be doing that because unlimited means you'd have to pay them the whole year as a mm-hmm. vacation. They're not doing. Guaranteed they're not doing. Right. And I don't know that a lot of people know this, but as an employer, they can say to somebody, hey, you haven't used your three weeks vacation. You're going to take it now. Yes. And then take somebody off. So from that perspective, they can do it. But what if somebody doesn't take their unlimited vacation? You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to put you off for your unlimited vacation. Now, there's that whole kerfluffle that you have to deal with. The other perspective, though, then devil's advocate. What about those people that need those six weeks, eight weeks to go and travel to see their family that's not living in the same area that they are, right? Those are the ones that are working hustle culture for a year and a half just so they can bank that time to have the six weeks to go, right? This is a perfect opportunity for them to have the unlimited vacation because they know that they're going to get their six weeks, but they're going to still hustle for the next 10 and a half months. I want your take on this, Allie, because you know when I think about corporate culture, if the person I reported to, if I knew they had taken three weeks in a row, I'd be more likely to do it. But if you're reporting to a leader who is of the hustle culture mentality, where they honest to God can never shut it off. We learn behaviorally, what is acceptable. I don't care what the policy says. Company culture is defined by behavior. 
Yes. And so if you've got a boss who I can't think of the last time they took a day off, they never yeah. shut it off. The one that there's emails just, at six o'clock and nine o'clock at night kind of There's thing. just yeah. no way that anyone else in their downline, sure, the policy may say unlimited, but there's just no way you'd ever take it. Yeah. Not if you want to stay in favor with your leader. That's true. I'd have to see this play out because usually people will put this for a year or two with the unlimited vacation. I haven't heard of people sticking with it for long periods of time. Jury's out until then. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Last topic. And I am dying to get your take on <laughs> So, business insider this week. There was an article that claims that Gen Z is rewriting the rule book on resume gaps. It was a long article and there's lots to unpack. But what was interesting is, and this is my experience, Mm -hmm. that when there is an unexplained gap on somebody's work history, I was taught this. I swear to God, I will never forget my leader saying to me, how do you know that person wasn't imprisoned for drug smuggling in Guatemala for those six years? Wow. I'm serious. We were absolutely trained almost at gunpoint. That if there was a gap on the resume, you needed to be able to explain it. Even if this person had been caring for a family member who was terminally ill, at least you had an explanation. Right. Yeah. However, I think we are heading into a future where that would be absolutely horrifying. Yes. As recruiters or as talent acquisition to ever be so suspicious about gaps on a resume. This article is specifically Gen Z. So Miss Allie, when you see gaps on somebody's resume, or it's clear that they're only including the last five years, because before that, they don't want you to know what they were doing. Yeah. What is your take on that? So I'm going to preface this with I hate resumes. However, my take on people with gaps in their resumes is I want to know more. I need to know more. And so I would rather somebody give me information like in a cover letter, or I just want to have a conversation because anytime that there's a gap, I have this really awful tendency to make up things in my own mind. Like maybe they were in prison for, right? Like there's, I want to see more information rather than less information. And when people start to hide things, I get it. Like I've been in every single industry out there. I've had a couple of family leaves myself, but I've, put information in there saying that I was on leave and I was doing this or no, I worked in these industries and then I made a huge pivot over into this industry. And at one point in time, I was thinking that if they do have some time, they're between jobs, what were they doing instead? But then somebody kind of pointed, maybe they weren't doing anything because they didn't want to do anything. Maybe they were grieving. Maybe they just didn't know what to do. Like when all the layoffs happened in 2020, Anytime that you see something that isn't straightforward, the curiosity in me goes, I want to know more. Tell me more. So maybe that's a phone conversation. Maybe that's an email back and forth. Yeah. For us in Alberta, when we see kind of the pandemic era blip in these resumes, everyone gets that. Yeah. Or let's hope they do. If you have been recruiting in this part of Canada for any length of time, you were also familiar with what was the price of oil. Yes. 
because if the price of oil dropped, that meant there were layoffs. And it wasn't just the big oil and gas companies. It affected tourism and restaurants, and it affected everything. When I see a gap on somebody's resume from 2009, or again in 2014, I understood. But now we've got COVID. Everybody should understand that. Well, let me ask you this. If somebody has like a five-month gap versus somebody who in 2020, companies shut their doors, but now it's 2023 and they've not worked from 2020 to 2023. Do you look at those two gaps differently? I mean, I would question the three-year gap. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't hire them for the three-year gap. I would just say, tell me about what you've been working on the last three years. And if they tell me something like, I've just been taking it easy myself and everything, good. Okay, so if you were to start tomorrow, can you handle the office skills? Would you need a couple of weeks just to get up to to snuff on that? If you don't hone your practice, the knife gets dull, right? I would want somebody to be in practice no matter what, maybe typing a blog every day. Cool. I don't want to hold those gaps against people, but I still need somebody that's able to commit to the work that I've got for them, right? Yeah. I have had people who have said that they didn't want to put on their resume what they were doing Mm because they were doing DoorDash or Uber. And so they just kept it off. It's not like they're independently wealthy and they don't need to work. Sure. They were working, but they were survival jobs. Or it was actually a really nice change to be delivering DoorDash. Yeah. And it's versatile. They can go from like this industry over into the service industry. They're reliable. They know how to drive. They're friendly enough because they're always rated. So I'd ask a silly question like, what was your rating on DoorDash and be done with it? I know that those skills, like if they were working in a store, cash handling is always one of those things that I always look for. If you know how to use cash and count back from a 20, you've got some thinking skills there, right? (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It's not that I trust you with my cash. It's just you know how to function, you know how to do a balance at the end of the day. Those types of things are not anything that you would learn in a professional environment or something with your designation, right? These are completely separate. So those are transferable skills. I want to see those transferable skills. I don't even care if you are like a piano teacher for those three years. Tell me about it. Now I know you can sit down with kids and coach them, right? I just love it. Allie, that's how I know we're meant to be in talent acquisition and as recruiters, because Mm -hmm. the choice is this. You can either see it suspiciously and think the worst of people, because if that's the way you think, you shouldn't be in recruitment. Totally. I just love listening to you because I'm the same way. Talk more. Tell me more. Yeah, I think that's my curiosity, though. I want to know more. Tell me what you were working on. I don't care how little it is or how non-associated with your career path. All those things add up to who you are as a person. And now I know I can trust you with other things, right? Well, Allie, this has been awesome. Yeah, It just feels like friends getting together and just talking through the latest things in talent acquisition. So thank you so much for being my co-host. My absolute pleasure. Do you have anything new and big coming up that you wanted to announce? Or if people Uh, want to find you at your new gig, where do they find you? You know what? You always find me on LinkedIn. It's Allie Cannell, K-N-U-L-L. And Allie is spelled A-L-L-I-E. I'm the giant goofy redhead with the big smile. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. I'm always a pleasure to come back. And it's a shame that Serge isn't here, but we get to have the last word. Thanks, Allie. We'll talk soon. Take care.
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.